and welcome Hoosier fans to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe. I'm also joined by our co-host, Kathy Amos. Tonight, we are discussing your Indiana Hoosiers 68-52 victory, your number two ranked Indiana Hoosiers over the number 12-13 Michigan Wolverines. This takes the women's record to 25-1 overall, 15-1 in the Big Ten and keeps them a game and a half ahead of Iowa in the standings. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And, Kathy, I'm going to go tonight, the banner moment. Tonight, officially, we talked about this the other night, but 25 wins is a record for this program, single-season wins. Hopefully, Obviously, I don't want us to be done. We want to keep adding to it. But kudos to Terry Morn, her staff, the players. The 2023-23 team is going to go down in the record books, at least at this moment, for having the most wins in a season by an IU women's basketball team. So congrats to the Hoosiers, and let's keep it going. Our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. They are always refreshing current schools or coming out with new ones. So whether you want only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with the team, Homefield probably has something for you. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. So we're going to throw it over to my co-host, Kathy Amos, here for the Amos Angle and get her initial thoughts about the game. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Jeff. So absolutely huge congratulations to the team on another record-setting game. And not only did they set the record for most wins, but they also officially clinched the double bye for the Big Ten tournament. So we know for sure they'll finish at a minimum in the top four. Obviously expecting a lot higher things from this team, but a big congratulations to the team with two games to go and having clinched that that double bye there for us. So I um, also want to give a congratulations to Mackenzie Holmes. She had um, just a fantastic game blocking, and she moved into second all-time in the program for most blocks in program history. So congratulations all around to our team. Um, you know, I think we'll get into it a bit here, but it was, it was an up-and-down game, right? We saw some really long stretches of fantastic play from our team team. Um, really long stretches, uh, especially in the beginning of that fourth quarter that maybe weren't the best that we've seen from them, not the most focused. But at the end, not only did they they pull out the win, but they pulled it out actually quite comfortably against a very good Michigan team, even if they are down one of their better players. This is still a really fantastic win for our program. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like you said, congrats to, uh, to McKenzie. I'm moving into second place. Let's talk a little bit about the kind of the flow of the game. Uh, Two things. Number one, I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, first half, we had moments where we looked really good on the offensive end. We had two separate 10-0 or 10-plus 10 run, you know, 10-0-plus runs to, in the first half. And then in the second half, we had two different segments of where we went at least four and a half, five minutes without scoring at all. So just kind of get your thoughts on 
how he looked so good in the first half for, for moments. And then in the second half, we had long stretches of not looking good. Yeah, you know, it was what about an 11-0 run, I think, for Michigan to to start that fourth quarter um, in the first six minutes. It, I, I wrote down we didn't score in that fourth quarter until 3:53 left in the game, uh, and luckily at that point we had built a fairly comfortable uh, margin, which. I'm thinking that that might be it. Like we did have a couple of our subs on the floor during a long stretch of that game. And, you know, just not maybe a, a one of the, you know, units or piece five people that we usually see playing together out there. So they just looked a bit disjointed and, you know, coach Morn finally called that timeout and got all the starters back out there and we seemed for it to settle down. So uh, to me, I guess I was thinking it was kind of a combination of the fact that we had such a comfortable margin and, you know, it's kind of human, human nature, you know, they, they see the scoreboard too. And it's as much as we like to say, you can't take your foot off the gas. It's gotta be hard not to, when you're up by, you know, what we were up, 20, 24 points at the end of that third quarter. It's hard not to. Plus, then again, having that combination of some players that really probably haven't played as much game time together as as they, um, at, you know, as our starting five obviously have. So, I, to me, that's kind of the combination of what we saw with um, with that down down period in the fourth quarter. But what what about you? Did you have any different thoughts on that? I, I did not like it. I, I don't like, I thought yeah. the offense looked, I thought they looked like they lost focus. And again, I think that there's to a certain degree, that's natural. You look at the scoreboard, you're up by 24 at the end of the, at the end of the third quarter. Uh, but I also, as we were talking about before we went on there, you know what, get it out of your system. Better to have it tonight when you already had a 20 plus point lead than have it sometime in the NCAA tournament where you're in a dogfight at the end of the third quarter. And now a, a five, six minute scoring drought really is going to doom you. So I'm okay with that. Cause I'm a big believer that sometimes you want to get things like that out of the way before we get into a, a much bigger, uh, uh, a game that has much more on the line with that, but also Kathy, and we're not usually one to talk about the officiating too bad too much, <laughs> but we, you know, you and I were texting thought really the officiating in the second half and maybe even toward the end of the first half, I really felt like the officiating kind of took some of the flow away from the game. Yeah, I, I did too. I thought, you know, in the first half, for example, Indiana had six fouls total and what halfway into the third quarter, we had six fouls already as a team, you know, and had put Michigan into that, that um, bonus level. I, I just, in, I didn't feel like we were playing that much differently on defense or on offense because, you know, there was quite a few offensive fouls that they called too. And it just seemed to take away flow. I, it didn't seem as bad in the first half. It was a bit, you know, choppy here and there I thought with some of the whistles it was just a very inconsistently called game um, maybe even a little more so than we're used to seeing often I feel at least earlier in the year when I've watched women's basketball that the refs don't call nearly as many fouls and they kind of let the, the the game play and tonight in particular it felt like they were really starting to whistle some calls that earlier in the year you wouldn't and they were just very inconsistent too you know there was times where you would see something on one end of the court and you're like how is that a foul but on the other end it's not a foul and for both sides to be honest I thought it was really inconsistent and when you get that it, it just it's hard I would think as a player and as a coach to know how to make any kind of adjustments how do you make adjustments when you're you know this person's getting called for a charge but this person's not and it, what do you do with that and yes it takes away from the flow of the game it's just it's, it's hard to watch then as well yeah I feel I felt like it really started to turn when Nolan got that technical foul toward the end of the first half yeah. and I felt like the officials felt like they had to kind of start tightening up on calls 
And Michigan really was not playing a very tight defense anyway. Uh, they started to play a little more in the third quarter once they got the fouls to their advantage because they had zero. <laughs> they had zero. Right. They could be a little more physical and take a little more advantage because they were not going to be putting Indiana the free throw line. But I really felt like that was one of those that um, – that it kind of uh, it kind of turned a little bit. The officials like, well, maybe we better take a you know a little closer look. And I know there were a couple times uh, we saw on the TV, and I had a uh, uh, my nephew was at the game texting me that there were a couple times Terry Morin was well out across half court uh, timeout <laughs> yeah. situation, letting the officials know that you know that you know th- this wasn't what we you know what we think right. we should be getting. So uh, yeah, I definitely anyway, read her lips on one of those those uh, halfway <laughs> across the court too. <laughs> I did too, and she was so. not wrong. <laughs> I did too. So uh, let's go on. Let's move into the as expected, Kathy, and, and I'll let you go first here. Sure. Uh, what you know again for the as expected? What do you got? Yeah, I've got another rinse and repeat for probably what I've said. I don't know how many times so far this year on the show, but for me, it's the defense again. You know, we held Michigan again. I understand they're without their second leading scorer in Philia, but regardless, they still average as a team right around seventy-seven points per game. We held them well under that at 52 points per game. So even if you would add Felia's, you know, 17 back in, they still don't quite reach that, right? I mean, they're still only at, um, I'm trying to do the math here in my head, but uh, 69, right? So that would get them to 69 points, still under their 77 points. So they, I thought our defense was just really on point. And in particular, I thought Chloe Moore McNeil just did a fantastic job on on uh, Leah Brown shutting her down. You know, Leah Brown averages close to 20 points per game and she got nine points tonight. <laughs> um, you know, they only had one player in double digits with Emily Kaiser at 12. So I, I thought just overall our defenses, I just can't say enough about them. And it, again, it's something we're coming to expect uh, and don't just because we come to expect it, you know, reminding our listeners doesn't mean I'm taking it for granted. I'm just always in awe of it. And uh, I loved watching it be there again. Um, I think what did we end up with nine steals as a team as well? Mm. Um, so, you know, as a team effort as 11, well, so 11 just, steals. 11 steals. We, I knew we were at nine at one point. So yeah, we got a couple more after that. So fantastic defensive effort. I thought from our team um, from a pretty close to start to finish other than that, you know, a little bit of laps we've talked about in the fourth quarter, but honestly, I think it was more our lack of focus on offense than lack of defensive effort in that fourth quarter that led to that run. But anyway, for me, defense was the number one as expected thing against tonight. Yeah, and like you just said, I'll kind of go with that idea too. I, I thought our defense was really – and I think our defense would have looked – I think we'd be talking a lot more about the defense if we just had a normal fourth quarter. We shot 20% in the fourth quarter. We didn't shoot great the second half overall. We only shot 44%. I say only because we're getting used to right. this team shooting above 50%. <laughs> yeah. but, but if they shoot even 44% in the second half in, in the fourth quarter, this game's a 25-type you know, point game, and we would have really been focusing on the defense Instead, I think we're kind of sometimes you and I, even you know, as fans, kind of get right. lost, you know, focusing on the offense. We still won by 16. It was just kind of the way it came about toward the end, like you said it, 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 during your talk about the Amos, the uh, the Amos angle, just that we were, you know, just kind of seemed, you know, out of focus, out of sync, got you know, and really were struggling. We missed some easy shots. I know we missed a few shots right at the rim that we normally make as well in that fourth quarter, which that was a little bit as well. I'm going to go go to uh, the as expected a little bit. And I'm going to kind of build off of your talk about defense. Uh, but I also was looking at uh, the turnovers and we forced uh, Michigan into 21 turnovers. Yeah. And when you look at the numbers with that on the turn in terms of the points off possession, the points off turnovers, 
um, we got 24 points off of their 21 turnovers. And I know we're not really trying to talk stats, but to me, that's what's come to be expected. This team makes the other, this team makes the opposition pay for turning it over. Right. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, we take care of that ball too, which is something I think we come to expect. We're averaging yeah. right around 13 turnovers, um, which I'm, I'm pretty happy with. That's what we had 13 turnovers again tonight. So yeah, I, you know, we definitely won that turnover margin for sure. And we're starting to really come to expect that from this team. You know, they on average force other teams to 17 turnovers. So um, above that, that margin again tonight. So, and again, against a really good, very good Michigan team, they're not ranked 12th in the nation um, for a reason. Right. So right. I, I just, um, want to reiterate that again, understanding that one person is out, but one person doesn't make a team. So just a good all around team effort again. Yeah. And you got anything else here on the, as expected? Nope. Not for me. I, I really don't either. I, I just, again, yeah. we're so used to this team playing so well <laughs> that I think we're, we're, we don't want to take it for granted, but you know, they, those were, you know, I think we got most of the things we wanted to see or the, as expected, just are so normal that we don't see them that way anymore. So let's move on to the surprises. And I'm going to start here with one yeah. that kind of stood out to me. And that was, we really didn't have a very good night passing the ball, or at least it didn't show up in the assist numbers. We only mm -hmm. had 13 assists on 26 made baskets. And this is a team that routinely gets over 20 assists a game. And I'm not, again, I think part of that was we missed some shots that we usually make, but I also just, for some reason tonight, Michigan had us out of sync and we just really never at times seemed to be on the same page like we normally are. But again, get that out of our system tonight. But that's, that was to me, one of the few surprises I saw tonight. Yeah, um, I had a, a surprise that kind of sort of along the same line that you were talking about with our missed shots. And that was a little bit of a surprise from uh, Grace and Sydney. Both of them just seemed to have an off shooting night. And you know, Grace went only two of 10 tonight and ended up with five points. And again, it just seems kind of off from her and what we've come to expect from her. And the same thing with Sydney, she'd been, you know, averaging around um, 12 and a half points a game, ended up with only three against tonight on one of five shooting. Now, of course, you know, we can't say that without also mentioning Sydney had a hard time staying on the floor again tonight, um, only playing 25 minutes because of getting into foul trouble again. So that, that is in part, um, some of that, but, you know, and this is a couple of games in a row. Now we've seen that from Sydney. So I'm, I'm hoping this is again, just a surprise from Sydney and not something we're going to turn into a come to expect, but I, I still feel that she'll turn that around. Um, and along that, I thought Matt kind of had an off night towards the end, you know, with her shooting too, she's averaging what around 70% field goal and ended up uh, at 50 tonight. So um, just a little bit off and mostly in the second half, right? Because we were shooting 56% field goal range from the floor and, you know, we ended up at, at 40, 43. So definitely that all came in the second half. So mm -hmm. um, just seemed like a little bit off offensively in that second half, I think is kind of to summarize my surprise. <laughs> yeah. And, and I want to kind of build off what you're talking about surprising as far as shooting, especially after the way we shot it overall at Ohio state, but you go, you look at tonight, uh, Sydney, Grace and Sarah, uh, end up combined three for 19, if I'm doing my math real quick. So, you know, we really didn't get much yeah. from yep. three, you know, from those three who we've really kind of come to rely on to get us combined those three, about 30 points a game. And, and we didn't, you know, and like, so, so, so I said, I think, off, you know, I think we're, you know, just one of those nights didn't shoot it well, but we also played well enough defensively. Like you pointed out just a few minutes ago, we, we, we held these guys to basically 25 under their average. So 
you know, I might have been a yeah. little surprising about some of the stuff on the offensive end. Um, I want to save, you know, and, and, and with that, um, I, I really didn't have any other surprises other than that. But how about you? No, those are the main ones. I kind of wrapped all of them um, up into one kind of neat little package for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I will say one thing, uh, you know, as uh, DC has talked about here in the Workaholics DC General, uh, and I don't want to make it sound like it's surprising because we've seen this. And, and for those people who've been watching the program for a while, but the player development, he talks about being really yeah. great. And, and my nephew and I were talking about this in a text. Just he was he had mentioned tonight just how amazed he was at, at the at the development of Chloe Moore McNeil. And I think that's one of the things we shouldn't necessarily classify as a surprise. But that's one thing that we continually see. I, I even yeah. like just this year. It was Lily Grace Meister, too. Yeah. Yeah, with Grace. And Grace made the improvement from freshman year to this year. But I think we're so used to seeing Grace Berger play. Yeah, I don't the think last we remember our freshman year. But but you look at what Lily Meister did tonight. You know, and you're you know, you're starting to see that development from kids even like Lily Meister and 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 even to a certain degree, Lexi Bargesser, who are, who as freshman year. Yeah, it is. It's it's a lot of fun to see, um, you know, and Mackenzie Holmes, too. You know, she look at the player she's developed into in the four yes. years that she's been under Coach Morin and that that entire staff. So, you know, and they've they've have a pretty long together staff, too. You know, I know we have one of our assistants is new this year, but a lot of these assistants have been with Coach Morin for a long time. And I think that is also says a lot for Coach Morin and how she must be to work with as well. So overall, yeah, I think it's it's not, you know, <laughs> it may sound like when Jeff and I are talking about surprises or nitpicking, but, you know, it is just, it is a testament to how good I think this team has been that we're saying, you know, as McKenzie Holmes had 27 points and I'm saying she had, you know, an off night shooting <laughs> at 11 to 22. Um, I think it's just a testament to this team into the coaching staff. Um, and yes, their player development. Um, if you've been watching them the last few years, you can really see how it is um, coming together. And even this year, you're right. I think Lily, Lily Meister, hopefully we'll get into her a little bit more. You know, she, she had a nice game tonight. I thought. Yeah, I, I did too, and and maybe now be a be a good segue to break into the uh, go inside the numbers here a little bit, Kathy, and I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, we've talked about quite a few of them, um, but maybe I'll just also touch on fast um, fast break points. Um, we really had gone out in that first half, and I think that was part of how we built that you know uh, big fourteen point lead was we outscored them in fast break points three to thirteen in that first half. Now it was a little bit less lopsided fourteen to eighteen, but we still won that that battle. Um, so that was definitely something that um, was apparent, especially in the first half, and a lot of that came from steals, right? Chloe Moore McNeil alone had three steals in that first half that led into some fast break points. So again, like I, I think this was a good example of our defense leading us down um, into offense. And so I love that sign. And I like that statistic to talk about tonight. So 18 fast break points um, for the team, I thought was really nice. Yeah. I don't know if it counts as a true team stat, but I'm going to get throw this one out here. The magic number is one, one more win, one more yeah. IU win or one more Iowa loss equals a big 10 championship at least a share of a big or one more iu win equals a big t a share of a big 10 title at this point so uh you know that's the you know that's obviously it's the most important number, number. it's <laughs> that's the most important number that they can you know that we get a chance on sunday to kind of control our own destiny with that and that's the other thing you know with that so um but but on all serious note as far as yeah. a, a number for the team i, I was really encouraged by uh the points in the paint uh, yes. With the fact that I, that Michigan is, you know, sometimes likes to play a little bit of bully basketball, 
we outscored them in the paint 42 to 24. And, and even though we lost the rebounding battle, we still were able to win the points in the paint. And, and Mac had, as you said, you know, we talked about Mac had 27. So that means we still got 15 other points from, you know, points in the paint. And, and, and I thought, thought that was a huge number. Yeah, I thought so too. And yeah, maybe this will be a good good place to segue for one of the numbers for me, which was um, bench points, actually. So usually our bench points, we're talking about Sarah, right? And she only right. had two tonight. And those were both from free throws. Um, she was 0-4 shooting, but um, seven from Lily Meister. And then another four from Lexi Bargasser in her four minutes. And they were efficient. Lily Meister only played six minutes and had seven points. Um, so I think those were probably some of our other points in the paint that, you know, we, we got. And they came from our bench. And we actually um, won that points off the bench, our bench points battle here again as well. And 13 for us compared to nine for Michigan. And that's not something, you know, we have been talking about again a whole lot this year while our benches deeper outside of Sarah, we haven't seen a whole lot of production from our, our bench in terms of these big 10 games. Um, so it, it was really nice. I thought, especially with Lily's play, I just thought that she came in and gave us some really good time and play in those minutes that she got tonight. Yeah, I really, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Lily kind of uh, quite a bit here since Christmas. And I really like mm-hmm. Lily's game. I really think that she is going to, ha- she has a very bright future and when that time comes and she gets a, a more opportunity to play more significant minutes, whether that's next year or the year after, because it looks like from what we understand, Mackenzie Holmes is definitely coming back from everything we're being told. She's not yeah. participating in the senior day activities on Sunday. So whether Lily gets more of a role next year or it's the year after, I really like what she brings to this program as well and i and i really like the way i really i thought she got a bogus foul i'm not a oh, big yeah. fan of the step in on the person yes. running down the middle of the floor um just never been one of my favorite tactics uh even when i was coaching i didn't like because we always had a couple teams would seem like we played a, that would try that and and i just never liked that that to me is just not a basketball play but other than that right. i thought lily played played really well uh, I'm going to segue over into a, a more individual stat, mm-hmm. and that was the eight rebounds that Yarden Garzon had. And I thought this was one of the better games for Yarden on the glass, and I think that showed me a little bit tonight that she was a little, she was more in tune to the game tonight maybe than she was on Monday in Columbus because she was active on the glass. She had eight rebounds, and 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 she was she hit her first couple shots or two a couple of her first three shots. But then just kind of, you know, offensively went away, but she kept rebounding. And I thought that was a big key for for this team is that Yarden was on the glass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it was a good, I thought, overall team rebounding night. Now, Michigan did out-rebound us, but um, overall, I, I still thought they did a pretty good job and, and Yarden was a huge contributor to that. Um, one other number I wanted to mention, again, um, was for Mackenzie Holmes. Again, I, I know I, I said this at the beginning, but five blocks for her. So I thought it was kind of a funny comment from Megan McCowan where she said, oh, Mackenzie's doing her most Oprah impression. And I'm like, what is she talking about? She goes, oh, oh, Mackenzie's like, you get a block and you get a block and you get a block. And I found that funny. Was, um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to, to repeat that again, mainly because again i think this is a great accomplishment for mckenzie moving into that second all-time block leader for the program so just wanted to highlight that great accomplishment again yeah that is a great accomplishment i think we're going to talk a lot about in the next few games and in the next year about where mckenzie holmes is going to you know finish out in some of the rankings on you know scoring rebounding block shots things like that um as well so 
I didn't really have any other individual stats either, unless you had something you wanted to talk about. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, maybe just one quick, you know, I, I was down a little bit on Grace with her shooting. She's getting it done in other ways, right? So again, yeah. she led the team, even though we were down in assists, she did lead the team and had six of our 13 assists. So, um, you know, good kudos to Grace for just, you know, she's letting the game come to her again, as expected from a fifth year senior. So overall, I'm not, I, you know, like that Grace had a bad game. So I just want to make sure I, I circle back on Grace. I thought she played great on defense as well. Yeah, and goes along with five rebounds and two steals. You know, yep. so I thought, you know, I thought Grace has she kind of typical Grace Burger game. She's doing a little bit of everything. I think we were all thinking that coming off that Ohio State game on Monday night, that maybe she was starting to find her stride again, was going to be a consistent, you know, double digit score. I thought tonight, though, she got she looked like she was frustrated. And again, we kind yeah. of we don't want to harp on the officials, but she had a two or three drives where she got a lot of contact and didn't get a call. And you can just kind of see her facial expression of like, now she didn't do what Nolan did and look at the official and basically like, what, what the heck are you thinking? But you could see that look on her face, at least what I interpreted from was like, you got to be kidding me that you didn't make <laughs> yeah. that call. And so I thought a yeah. little bit of frustration maybe set into grace tonight that you, but again, you have to watch her enough times to be able to kind of see those changes in her facial expressions because she has a pretty solid poker face. And, but I just felt like tonight she kind of looked frustrated with some of the things that weren't getting called. Yeah, I did so. too. Overall though, you know, I thought we had a, you know, it was a little bit of a down offensive night. You know, we usually were scoring in the higher seventies and um, or eighties. We're averaging around 80, but um, I thought it was really balanced. We only had two yep. players in, in double figures and we still managed to get close to 70 points. So I, you know, it was a good team effort. I thought tonight. I agree. I agree. So I don't have anything else here. If you don't, let's move on to the game ball and the hustle. And I, I don't think we have any real uh, discussion here about the game ball. And if you're watching on our live YouTube feed, Kathy will be pulling up the, the running total here so far. As you'll see at the bottom of the screen, Mackenzie Holmes leads the way with 14. Sydney Parrish and Yarden Garzon and Grace Berger each have three. Sarah Scalia and Chloe Moore McNeil each with one. Kathy, I'm going to let you go first. But I feel we got a unanimous pick tonight. Again. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so we very, very well could. Um, you know, even with only 11 of 22 shooting, 27 points and six blocks, um, excuse me, five blocks and um, five rebounds, I, I'm going to give my ball again to, to Mackenzie Holmes. She was five of six as well from the free throw line. And it's not just about the the stats, right? Like, I don't want to over, over harp the 27 points. I thought she was really just doing a fantastic job on the defensive end as well. And, you know, um, Megan McCowan, I think said it very, very nicely too on the offensive end. She's like, I don't even know how I would coach somebody to guard her. And that I think is just a great Testament to how much of a, a great player she is. And I think for both teams, she was the best player again on the floor tonight. Yeah. I, I tweeted this out a little bit in the first uh, on the doing the work account on Twitter. I thought I couldn't figure out early on in the game, if Michigan was just trying to play her one V one, or whether the double teams were just coming so late that they weren't getting there in time. I thought they did a better job in the second half of kind of either they made the adjustment at halftime or they did a better job in the second half of getting to her quicker. I thought that really limited her opportunities in the second half a little bit. Um, uh, that they, I thought they almost swarmed her. It was almost, it wasn't mm -hmm. sometimes a double team, it was almost a triple team. So you got the feeling at least I did that. I had the feeling that they were willing at least to try and play her one-on-one -on -one and make it the others beat them 
Whereas I think, you know, whereas uh, McKenzie had such a good first half against them that I think they were like, well, that strategy is not working. So they really kind of went down and doubled on her much more actively in the second half. Yeah. But like you said, she only took 22 shots I, to, as a coach. One of the things I always wanted was if my top scorer could score points without having to take a lot of shots. And yeah. 20, she got 27 points on 22 shots. That's fairly efficient. You know, you still, there are a lot of players out there who will get 25, 27 points, but they're having to take 30 shots. They're having right. to take 28 shots to get there. And so it was still, even though it's not the efficiency we're used to from McKenzie, I thought it was another a pretty solid night from McKenzie. And like you said, she hit her free throw. So I, I'm going to go with McKenzie Holmes here as yep. well for the game ball. Now make number 15 yeah. for McKenzie Holmes uh, 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 game balls for the year. So right. with that, we'll move over to the Hustle Award. And Kathy O'Hasso pulled that up here. And this has been one of the great problems to have on this show this year is who to choose for the Hustle Award game after game because there's usually more than one obvious choice. Uh, but Sydney Parrish leads the way on Hustle Awards with seven. Again, if you're watching on the YouTube feed, you can see the scroll at the bottom. Chloe Moore McNeil with five and a half. Grace Berger with four and a half. Willie Meister, two and a half. Lexi Bargesser with two. Alyssa Geary, one. Yarden Garzon won, Caitlin Peterson won, and Sarah Scalio with a half of a hustle award. And, and Kathy, I'm going to let you go again first because I, I got a feeling you and I are probably going to go the same direction based on our earlier conversations here in the show, but I'll let you go first. Let's see. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll see. Um, so I, I think Lily Meister has a strong case for it in terms of her efficiency in, in the short amount of time that she was out there. So I'm giving her my honorable mention game ball, but uh, my final vote I think was definitely going to go to Chloe Moore McNeil tonight. I, you know, and it's not because she had the second most points 13 uh, or that she was five of seven from field goal range, including three of five from three. She, she just was a monster on defense. I mentioned her already on, on Leah Brown, right? She was, she, you could see from the beginning, she came out she had her hand in her face. She was really frustrating. Um, Brown, you know, again, just to reiterate for the folks that maybe missed the beginning, Leah Brown averages close to 20 points a game and Chloe Moore McNeil almost single-handedly because she was on her most of the night held her to nine points. Um, you know, she had uh, four rebounds as well, three assists. I just thought, uh, and three steals total. I thought we expect from our future hustle awards. Chloe Moore McNeil gets my vote. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go with Chloe mostly because of the three steals, the four rebounds. Uh, and the three assists. I, I, I And also, what you talk about the defense. The other thing we haven't talked about, in the first matchup in Ann Arbor, Leah Brown had 31. She had she took, you know, she went for 31 against us up there. And Chloe, primary assignment tonight, it's a team defense. That's the way Coach Morton talks about it. But she, she got the primary assignment, and like you said, held Leah Brown to nine. That's 22 points less than she had against us in Ann Arbor. It's like you said, it's about 10 less or almost 11 less than her season average. So again, I'm with you. I, I thought Lily Meister deserves some honorable mention here, but I'm going to go with Chloe for the Hustle Award. And so that's going to move uh, Chloe up to uh, five and no six and a half, uh, six and a half on the on the Hustle Award, still keeping her second place, but she's gaining some ground on Sydney Parish. So. Here we go. Now, this is back to our segment where we talk about lingering questions. And it's like, okay, we're 25 and one and four, 15 and one in the league. What kind of questions we have? I'm going to start this one out. And this is for one of our friends of the show and, and, and our, and our kind of our assembly call uh, fandom as well. 
I just want to know, is Jared Morris still wearing his new IU women's basketball shirt every game so far? Because if he is, kudos <laughs> to him. I hope he's still wearing it. All right. And has but, he washed it? <laughs> and, and has he washed it? That's an even better point. For those of you who don't follow AC and, and their show was, uh, they did not broadcast tonight because we were having our show tonight. They'll next be on again on Saturday after the Illinois game with their postgame show. But Jared has one of the home field apparel shirts that is for the Indiana women's 1983 uh, championship season. So that's been his kind of go-to attire for every time the women have been playing since they actually he's been wearing it for the men's trick games too, but they've lost a couple But So I hopefully it obviously hasn't just us, but no, seriously, Kathy, I'll throw it over to you first to go with a, a more serious lingering, any serious lingering questions. Um, gosh, I, the only thing I really have on my mind is again, this is, and it gets, Hopefully it's <laughs> just two games, but it feels like Sydney's kind of fallen out of the rhythm. We had really seen her, her in for most of the season. You know, she's, she was down again tonight and she's just seems to have a lot of trouble with getting fouls. And I know, you know, we could argue about some of them if they were, you know, good fouls or bad fouls, but in particular, she just seems to really get a little out of control on the offensive end. She gets a lot of charge calls coming against her. And I would just like to see that clean back up a little bit because it's hindering her being on the floor. And, you know, luckily, again, we have Sarah that can come in and give us great minutes off the bench most of the time, too. So I'm, I'm hoping that's not a lingering question and that, you know, she kind of turns that around and is able to, you know, maybe uh, keep herself on the floor a little bit. That That's about the only lingering question I can come up with. <laughs> I, I just wonder a little bit if I hate to use the word fatigue because, you know, they, it, it's it, all the teams are kind of getting to that point. They've yeah. played a lot of games. But I think one thing that's definitely going to help this team is after Sunday, they get a full week off. They play in Purdue on Sunday at home. Then good don't timing. play again until <laughs> – yeah, it is, in my opinion, a good time because not only then, but with the double bye, they sh- they'll get another, you know, you know, another almost full week off again, which, again, can be good or bad depending upon how you look at it going into the tournament setting like that. But I think that that timing is going to actually work out pretty well for this team. If we go back, remember last year, this team definitely looked fatigued at the end of the year because they had to play so many games in such a short span of time because of all the COVID issues that they'd had at the end of January or first part of February last year. And that kind of really cost them in the Big Ten race. And here they are, you know, this year they're kind of finishing up that. My, my serious, more lingering question here, though, tonight is, Saturday, Sunday is going to be a big game. I mean, yeah. gonna, we have a sold out crowd. There's going to be a lot of hype. It's a senior day for what we know. Grace Berger and Alyssa Geary are going to go through senior day festivities. Um, Grace doesn't have any more time left. I mean, she, you know, she's out of her, and this is her COVID year. She, you know, she was definitely going to be done at the end of this year. But I always felt like senior day was kind of a double-edged sword. It's, it's an opportunity for people to show how much they appreciate everything you did. But I also felt like players sometimes could get almost over overworked into it to where they wanted to play so well that they actually were so tight that that it, they didn't play well. And and I don't know if that'll be a case with a kid, but with a player like Grace Berger, uh, you know, she's such a, a level headed kid. But I mean, it's going to be a huge crowd against your biggest rival, at least on paper. And a chance to clinch at least at that point, at least a tie for the big 10 title. We, Iowa plays tomorrow and and they're playing Nebraska tomorrow. Now Nebraska's done yeah. some quirky things and won at home against some teams, but more than likely Iowa should win tomorrow night. So at that point they have a chance on Sunday to get a share of the big, to clinch a share of the big 10 title. So a lot of things, can they keep their focus? 
can they get their legs under them a little bit? Because I think I think you're right. I think Sydney is is struggling a little bit. I think we said, you know, at different times, I thought maybe even Grace looked a little tired mm-hmm. tonight. Um, yeah. And it, it, even maybe to a certain degree, McKenzie looked tired at a little bit at points tonight. But so that, that Sunday game, big game, it's going to be packed. We'll be here afterwards with the postgame show. I'll be interested to see how, what kind of, what their mental focus, what their kind of, kind of what their emotions are like on Sunday against Purdue. That's kind of the lingering question I have. I got a feeling it's going to be yeah. pretty good, but again, yeah. I just know sometimes you can get almost so worked up about senior day. Too yeah. Too hype that, you know, you're almost trying too hard. Yeah. So I agree. And by, and by the way, the other thing we'll pass along here, if it, for those who didn't see it on our Twitter feed or aren't available in the community, um, I, the IU-Iowa game is going to be, college yes. game day is going to be out in Iowa City uh, on that Sunday for that game with IU and Iowa. So that's a big deal. I, all those things kind of add up. I saw some of the people in the workaholics talking about recruiting and things like that. When you get game day, even though it's at Iowa City, when you're a part of that game, that can't help. It can't do anything but help recruiting. So yeah. anything else you got here, Kathy, about lingering questions or anything? No, I sure don't. I don't either. And I, again, I sometimes I feel like we're almost nitpicking on yeah. lingering questions. So, so let's move on. Let's preview our next opponent, the Purdue Boilermakers. <laughs> um, game time is 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Uh, that's Sunday. It'll be on BTN. Grace Berger and Alyssa Gary, as we just mentioned, will be participating in the senior day activities. IU is 39 and 53 all time against Purdue, including 21 and 21 in Bloomington. IU has won eight in a row in the series, 12 of the last 13. IU won the earlier matchup in West Lafayette this season, 69-46. Purdue is 17 and 7 overall, 8 and 6 in the conference. They were supposed to play last night, but unfortunately with the tragedy at Michigan State, Mm. that game got canceled. I doubt it gets made up. Uh, I really really doubt at this point it gets made up. So they have not played since last Sunday – when they beat Northwestern 76-61. I'll throw it over to Kathy for some more of the preview. Yeah, so as a team, Purdue is averaging just around 72 points per game. That's for good for ninth in the Big Ten, and they give up 64 points per game, which is only fourth in the Big Ten. They do out-rebound their, their opponents by a slim margin of one. Um, just for FYI, in the earlier matchup, we did win that rebounding battle 41-34. to In terms of shooting, they are shooting 45.6% field goal and 33.6% from three-point land. They hold their opponents to 38% field goal, which is first in the Big Ten, and just under 30% three-point shooting. Um, So defense is, is definitely something that Purdue is a little stronger on. Um, They do force around 16 turnovers per game, but they also force that same amount of 16 turnovers per game. And in terms of assists, they averaged right around 17 assists per game. Um, In terms of some individual numbers for Purdue, they have three players that average double figures. Uh, Lasha Petrie averages is leading the team at just at 14 points per game. She also has 5.9 assists per game, which is um, she had 13 in the first meeting. They have Abby Ellis, who has 11.5 points per game, who is had 10 in the first meeting. Caitlin Harper at 11 points per game at seven re, and seven rebounds in the first um, in seven rebounds per game. And she had seven against us in the first meeting. And then Janae Terry averages 7.8 rebounds per game. That's fifth in the Big Ten. She's second in the Big Ten at assists per game at six and a half. Um, and then she is 2.1 steals per game, which is third in the Big Ten. 
And then lastly, Katie Garrels is um, in her second season as head coach of the Boilermakers. Her record is 34 and 22 up in West Lafayette. She has spent eight years prior to that at Marion and her career record overall is 262 and 72. So a good um, record there for coach. Yeah, we, we had a big win up there, but Terry scares me a little bit because she, she was held scoreless in that game up at West Lafayette. And she's not a big double-digit scorer, but just the fact that you held a, a player who does so much for them, assists, rebounds, steals, to, to zero, I think that's I think she's going to be looking to come out and have a big game. So I'm going to be look, interested to see who we have guarding her to, get, uh, to start that game as well. Um, obviously we've talked about the, 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 the magnificate, the, the magnitude of the game. So, uh, Hey, if you want to follow also what's going on with some of our Hoosier alums playing around the world right now, get on and follow us on Twitter and go, if you go to Twitter and search doing the work, you'll find us there. And we keep you updated about our player, our, our alums around the, around the world. Uh, I haven't had a chance to update today, but both uh, Alexa Golbe and Nikki Cardano Hillary were both in action today in Spain. Uh, you can follow us, as I mentioned, on Twitter and or check out the Assembly Call community page. Uh, AC Radio, uh, excuse me, Assembly Call will be on Saturday after the Illinois game with the po- with their post game show. Um, Want to say that's roughly a, it'll be a two o'clock central. I think that's a noon start Eastern eleven or, or one o'clock Eastern twelve central. I'd have to go back and look at the time. Um, it's eleven. The men's game on Saturday is is noon noon Eastern eleven central. So we look for the post-game show roughly 2 o'clock and 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. Also, be sure to catch and subscribe to the next episode of Crimson Cast. They also have a a part of their Crimson Cast with a podcast dedicated to the women. It's part of the Back Home Network family and also the Hoosier Morning After podcast as they have been giving us some shout-outs on their show as well. So we'll give them a little bit of love. Our next show will be Sunday the 19th at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, as we will be live following the Purdue game. And hopefully with a lot of things to talk about in celebration, but we'll try, we'll try to tamp that down a little bit. No, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant as far as until we get to Sunday. Yes. (laughs) All right. So it's time for last call and we're going to throw it over to Kathy. What's on your mind as we wrap it up tonight? Yeah, Jeff, you know, just again, a huge congratulations to our women and and great win by by our lady Hoosiers once again. And, you know, we got two more regular seasons games and, and they're big games. First, we have Purdue coming up, as mentioned already, this Sunday in front of a first ever sold out Assembly Hall crowd for a women's game. So just huge. And then they come over here to my neck of the woods. Uh, for those of you who maybe don't know, I live in Des Moines, so I will be there in person um, with the other um thousands and thousands and another sold out crowd in Iowa city, um, taking on the Hawkeyes once again. So, you know, we, it's, it's a lot to play for. Not even if we, you know, beat Purdue, we only clinch a potential share of the big 10 and, you know, we want to win it outright. And, and that would be fantastic. We haven't actually ever won the big 10 regular season outright. It would be huge for this program yet to set another record in 1983, the inaugural season of the big 10 for women's basketball. We, we won a share of it, but we did not win it outright. So I would love for our women to keep rolling here and um, win these next two games, but you know, one game at a time and let's focus on first beating those, those boilermakers once again. Yeah. And, and for me, last call simply, you know, root the women on uh, obviously it's a sellout so you know if you can if you got tickets go there shout as loud as you can pull, help them pull into a victory and celebrate afterwards on the senior day activities 
Um, they've been kind of coy about what they're going to do, if anything, uh, after the game, if they actually win to clinch a share of the Big Ten title, um, you know, and, and, and such. So we'll see what happens there. The other thing, and this will happen in between that Purdue game and the Iowa game, Iowa actually has an extra game there. We, mm-hmm. we actually were one game ahead. We're a game and a half ahead because we're 15 and one. They're setting it at, at 14 and two or yeah, 13, and two, 14, and two, 14, and two. And, and, but they still have to play at Maryland during the week next week. And that game could be, that obviously has a lot yeah. of ramifications both in teams. terms uh, for both those teams in terms of possible seating for the big 10 tournament. Uh, but also uh, it will give I, us a much better idea of what we've got coming up uh, with that. So, um, but for me, just again, kudos to this team and to coach Moore and the coaches, the players or everything that they're accomplishing and just want to keep riding it as long as we can, hopefully as deep into March as we can. So for Kathy Amos, if you want or I should say it this way, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly or forward slash assembly call. Uh, you can be part of our private community as well. Join for free today at assemblycall.com uh, forward slash community. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our new logo. Also, a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you heard through the broadcast. And thank you for listening. For all you who are joining us tonight here on the live YouTube feed and the Workaholics, we'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Sunday. Until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Well, great. Workaholics. Well, good show. Great feedback. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, thanks a lot really of room for being with us. Yeah. Yeah, we tried to keep it a little short because as late as it is, it may not be late, you know, for some people that are watching this if you're on a slower time zone, but it, in, in, in <laughs> where I'm at in Indiana, it's got to be closing in on about 10, 15, 10, 30. So, yep. so it is 10, 15 so those on the on, yeah, for those of you who are on the Eastern time zone, obviously it's 11, 15, but we appreciate everybody yep. who's here. We really do also, you know, um, help spread the words, tell your friends and, and family and things like that to enjoy IU women's basketball to, to join and, and, and come down and watch us and, and listen to the podcast on either you know, uh, Apple or Spotify or wherever you happen to get podcasts. So, yeah, so I want to thank Kathy for being here tonight. She's had a long day and, and I want to <laughs> thank her for being here tonight. So she's always yeah, such a thanks, great co-host. <laughs> Appreciate it. I was fun to do. So, all right. Well, we'll talk Sunday for sure. Yes, so we'll talk we'll, Sunday. We'll see you and, Sunday afternoon, everyone. Yep. See you guys. Bye-bye.